0: Thanks for joining our online campus today for another sermon from the series Build, where we're looking
1: at Ezra and Nehemiah, how God used the Jewish people to rebuild his temple and the priority that rebuilding the temple took place during this time. And so we wanna encourage you to jump in with us as we're looking into Evangel and how we can
0: build the church itself through the different things that we are doing currently with the Build series. And if God has touched your heart through this message in this sermon series, send us an email at connect.etag.tv, at or if you'd like to faithfully support this ministry so that many people around the world can hear
1: sermons just like these, you can do so by going to etag.tv and clicking on the Give link there. Now get you ready to prepare your heart for another incredible message from Pastor Gary on
0: the sermon series, Build. Well uh... My name is uh, Frank Jones. I'm Terry Jones. Uh, God had given pastor a vision on finalizing paying off the sanctuary here in probably around 2010, 2011. And my wife and I were really, really excited about uh, paying, uh, you know, being a part of that vision. Uh, When the church was finally uh, paid for and the vision it finally came to be, my wife and I talked and I said, wow, man, uh, it would be, uh, you know, a beautiful thing for us to pay off our home now, you know. We had about 13 years left on our home mortgage and uh, it seemed impossible. And we, it, was, it was in the high figures what we still owed. And uh, naturally to, to do it, it seemed impossible. But again, pastor had a plan, so we went to God and asked him for a plan. We just said, Lord, we need your wisdom. Uh, what to do, how to do it. And I took, we took our budget book and our financial book and our prayer closet, and we really did. <laughs> and uh, we came back out and I just began to, it's, things just become to get to me. What can we do? What can we cut? How can we make this happen? You know, and uh, uh, we wanted to be debt free. And within about two and a half years, we paid it off in March. Yeah, We paid it off in March of last year in 2012. From the time the church was paid off to the time we paid off our mortgage, was, was a real short amount of time, but it was a miracle in how God brought it to be. But I really contributed to us wanting to give first to the house of God, uh, giving the first fruit of your increase. And He blessed us. I'm just excited about the Lord I yeah. have grandkids mm-hmm. that just yeah. love the Royal Rangers and the Missionettes and grandkids in the nursery and it's just going to be such a blessing to see that they're going to just enjoy coming to church and enjoy being a part and it's just encourages me to just want to be a part of this to help bring them up when they could be a future missionary or pastor only because the seed is being planted amen uh i just think that that there is Money's out there waiting to be given to God, and it's like we're just looking and ready to, like, hey, what can we do? You know, so now again, we are very excited about this campaign here. We know, and it's not just, well, what can we get out of it, Lord? How you're going to bless us? It has that's not it, it's like, wow, because we know how many lives are going to be impacted.
1: the reading of the scriptures and god bless you for your worship through giving this morning thank you worship team worship arts department for all of the women of the church tuesday night there's some very important announcement for you i hope you'll connect ladies uh it's for all they have girlfriend groups and uh, things that you can get involved in and so the food and fellowship to inform you about what goes on for women this tuesday is very important and there's a workday Thursday at the retreat. I need at least 10 men to be there this Thursday. And uh, also this Wednesday, I'm asking you to do a different kind of fast than we've ever done. Uh, we want you to go ahead and eat whatever foods that you normally eat, but anything dealing with bread, I only want you to eat unleavened bread. So uh, we, that is bread without yeast. This is what happens with the Lord's Passover, the seven days before the Passover, uh, they eat only unleavened bread. The yeast represents sin. It represents a contaminant. It represents a ferment, uh, the fermenting process. And so uh, in the Jewish celebration of the Passover, they would not eat leavened bread. That's why one of the major pictures of the Last Supper, where you see Jesus breaking A loaf of bread, well, he's actually breaking a loaf of leavened bread. Well, that is not biblically or Hebrewically correct because he would have never eaten leavened bread on the night of the Passover. He would have eaten unleavened bread. And so that is the fast we're going to do this Wednesday. Any type of bread you eat, make it unleavened bread because we want the sin out. You missed a time to say amen. Some of you, amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ezra chapter 1, powerful passage of scriptures. We begin our study. I've asked for your spiritual commitment that if at all possible, these five weeks you be present. Beginning today, the next, these five Sunday mornings. Two weeks from today is Easter. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. Ezra chapter 1, beginning now with verse 1. And in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and he put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of earth. Now I want you to recognize this is a heathen king, but look at his proclamation. He is a king that worships many gods, but God had caused him to recognize the Lord God. The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth and hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. Everybody say build which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all the people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build, everybody say build. Yeah. And build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the free will offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priest and the Levites with all them whose spirit God hath raised to go up and to, say it, build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. You may be seated. The kingdoms of Judah and Israel had sinned. They had fallen into sin. And because of their sin and departure from God, he allowed the nation to be overthrown and conquered by the Babylonians. This is in your history books. God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you pursue a life of sin, sin has its payment, and sin's reward is death. Everybody say amen. It produces death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's why you can't afford to live a life of sin and allow sin to reign in your members because sin produces death. Israel had sinned and God's people, God's nation, even God's city, taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. This is a good message, a good word for America today to learn from the history books. The church needs to learn from the history books. We as individuals need to learn from spiritual history that God is a loving God, that he is merciful, merciful, but he is also just, amen? amen. And if a man, church, or nation repents, God is faithful to watch over his word then and to allow the washing of water uh, to bring a cleansing and a freedom and a redemption process. When I give the altar call, if you do not know Jesus, I want you to come running to Jesus. If there's sin in your life, I want you to come running to Jesus. Say amen. Amen. Charles Spurgeon said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. Amen. Amen? There was a series of attacks because of Israel and Judah's departure from God. And these attacks upon the kingdoms came over a series of 130 years. God doesn't forget, and God works through history. In 722 B.C., the first of those attacks came by the Assyrians, and the Assyrians overthrew the northern kingdom of Israel. But Israel did not learn, neither did Judah learn from what was happening. Judah should have learned from watching their... their own neighbors and their own relatives in the northern kingdom. But in 605 B.C., 115 or so years later, Egypt and Assyria overthrew part of Judah. In 597 B.C., Ezekiel and 10,000 captives are taken captive into Babylon. Finally, and I want everybody to remember this date, on July the 18th, 586 B.C., You have the final destruction and fall of Judah. You have the fall and desolation of Jerusalem and the destruction of Solomon's temple. July the 18th, 586 B.C. It was the final assault by Nebuchadnezzar and his armies to destroy and take captive. More than 40,000 captives were taken with them. The gold and silver artifacts of the temple were taken to Babylon and preserved in a Babylonian temple. I'm telling you, uh, there's a word of prophecy today because there's some things that have been taken into captivity, even into Babylonian temples, that's reserved for the church and reserved for the people of God in the last days. Those things were gonna be released in Ezra chapter 1. 70 years goes by. Watch this. There's a powerful thing here to watch. Seventy years they're in captivity. The parents and grandparents begin to die off so that when the writings in Ezra 2 start identifying who all was being released, it identifies them as children, children, children. Don't ever forget children are important. Because the next generation is the children who are alive today. And in 70 years of Babylonian captivity, they had to transmit some things and plant some things in that ensuing generation. Well, there were 490 years prophesied concerning Israel by Daniel the prophet. 483 of those years are accomplished from the beginning of the Babylonian captivity. Those 70 years and the years following to the cutting off or the crucifixion of the Messiah, leaving still Daniel's 70th week, a period of seven years that we know will take place, what is known as the tribulation, a seven-year period completing the 490 years that will make the culmination of what Daniel predicted. But friends, there are signals in the heavens that God is sending to uh, the populace and to, uh, to mankind, to humankind, that these days would not come upon us, that we do not uh, have to be unaware of what is happening. And the first blood moon will take place in just a matter of hours, a couple of days. And God is signaling through these four blood moons that something significant is taking place in our world. Well, in chapter 1, verse 1, King Cyrus gives a decree. He has gone in, he has overthrown Nebuchadnezzar and, and Belshazzar Uh, his son, and and has overthrown the kingdoms of the Babylonians and now Cyrus has set up his own kingdom and he ascribes that the God of heaven has given me power and given me all the kingdoms of the earth. His rule as the Medes and the Persians, the leader of the Medes and the Persians, was an incredible empire. In 538, God stirs the heart of this oh heathen Persian emperor. Listen to me. Some almost 70 years after the destruction, God gets the attention of Cyrus, king of Persia. I'm telling you, Cyrus just wasn't a happenstance or a coincidence. You're not here by happenstance or coincidence, but it says that he was stirred reading the words of Jeremiah, a man that had prophesied a century before, but God had a word for. Cyrus the king a heathen king that would get to him somehow that word gets to him and changes his opinion about what needs to happen with world events I'm telling you Proverbs still says that the hearts of the king is still in the hands of the Lord and God can get the world leader's attention right now what God is doing in our world is not by happenstance But he recognizes that the word of the Lord through the mouth of Jeremiah comes to him. What we need to get back in the pulpits of America today is thus saith the Lord, the word of God being preached. We do not need animated question marks standing in the pulpits questioning whether or not the word of God is true. I'm telling you the word of God is true and let every man be a liar. We need the word of God preached and when the word of God preached is preached, heathen kings like Cyrus will obey the dictates of God. The word of Jeremiah came to a heathen king and stirred him up to do God's bidding. We're called to arise and shine. Isaiah 60 verse one through three. It says in verse two, look at it with me, that Cyrus king of Persia, the king of the Lord God of heaven have given me all the kingdoms, and he's charged me to build. Everybody say build. Yeah. There comes a time when we all must embrace and hear the word of the Lord. You're not an accident. Cyrus was not an accident. He was under divine assignment. God knew you when you were in your mother's womb. Amen? He knew all your members and had them numbered. Yeah. And he's chosen you, and he's appointed you same prophet jeremiah declared that god's plans are good plans you just need to arise and understand you're not here by accident today you're not here by coincidence you are here under divine assignment and somebody needs to wrap their arms around that today and know that god has appointed you to this time table god has appointed you to this house and to this place and you are under divine assignment to do the will and the work of god And so he makes a divine proclamation in verse 1. He puts it in writing. He put it in two different languages. And Cyrus acknowledges that he was, uh, he acknowledges God, that God had stirred him up. And he put within his heart to rebuild the temple, to release the captives, to finance the venture. God can still do that today, amen? I want you to watch this clearly, because I, I don't know how I've missed this over the years, but... I've just never connected it. I knew that Isaiah had written about Cyrus, but 200 years before Cyrus ever becomes king, 200 years, two centuries before, Isaiah the prophet stands up and prophesies while Solomon's temple is still there, he prophesies the destruction of the temple, and he prophesies that that Israel would go into captivity and that Cyrus, a Persian king, would be in charge and Cyrus would release the captives to come back and rebuild a temple, another temple. I'm telling you, we need some prophets like that today, amen. They're not just preaching happenstance or coincidence. There is a thus saith the Lord and what they declare and what they say comes to pass, amen. You can find that in chapter 44 of Isaiah and chapter 45. But 200 years before, he prophesied that Cyrus would rule and reign and that he would decree the rebuilding of the temple under the divine inspiration of God's work in his life. I'm here to declare that God is behind building programs and we need to be behind building programs. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Verse 3, he designates the Jewish people to help. In verse 4, all the people were to help fund and give gold, silver, and freewill offerings. This was the will of God because he wanted his house of worship reestablished. And they were not to just build a portion of the house of worship. Well, I only like the sanctuary and what happens in the sanctuary. But what if you didn't have closets for cleaning supplies? And I began to study the temple and I began to study the tabernacle and I looked they even had closets, nice ornate places for the priest garments. They had they had facilities where the priest would go. There was courtyards. There was a place but I only like the holy of holies. Listen, every part it makes the complete whole and makes the complete work of God accomplish what it's set forth to do. And so thank God that somewhere over the years that People believed in the vision of this church to build more than an an inner sanctum, a holy of holies. But right now, while we're enjoying worship, uh, we've got some workers in the back that are loving on some babies. Because somewhere, somebody believed in a nursery. Put up that picture of that bus. you got 58 boys right now that will be loading a bus in about an hour that the church owns. And they're riding on a, a nice church bus that God gave to this church because somebody believed in a church bus. When when, God, when when Cyrus sends them back to build the temple, he didn't just send them back to only build the Holy of Holies. But they had to build the courtyards. They even had to build walls. Well, I don't like walls. Walls are not my particular thing. Well, but they had to have walls. They had to have all the, all the 5,200 artifacts that were taken out of the temple. Well, I don't like artifacts. Well, they had to have all of this because it all completed the whole. And sometimes we may not see how important a children's building is, a nursery building, a lobby, and all that's needed so that the gospel is preached and families are one to God and and bread is in the house of the Lord. But it's all important to the worship of the Lord. And when Cyrus sends the people back, he doesn't just say build half the place. I'm going to come say amen to myself. Evangel temple is called to build. I want to say one other thing. Cyrus led the rebuilding process. But do you know that Cyrus only led the first phase that went out? The first phase that went out, they only built the foundation and they only built the altar. God was interested in restoring the nation. I want you to watch this because there's a spiritual parallel. God's interested in restoring America. But how's he going to do it? Cyrus sends the first group and they go and they lay a sure and firm foundation and they build an altar. And there's a spiritual application because if churches are not built on a firm foundation, a solid foundation, I'm telling you, what can they preach? What can they offer to a world? If the church is not built, and there's a lot of churches not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, They're built on a lot of other things, and they're preaching other gospels, but there's a lot of churches that know their foundation, their solid footing. Their solid footer is found that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we're preaching Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you, Cyrus the king, he sends them back, and the first thing they build is a foundation, and they build an altar. you got to have a place to worship. The altar is important, I'm telling you. The altar is the place where you sacrifice. The altar is where you bring your worship to. And the altar is where you meet God at. And so to the saving of a nation, God orders an altar built and a foundation. Work stopped for years, and we'll get into that in part two next week. There was a, a period of time that work ceased, but they had a solid foundation. If you do not have a solid foundation, friends, your house is being built on sand. Amen? Amen. And if the church is not built on the rock, Christ Jesus, I want to tell you that what this world needs in this last day and this hour, they need to hear a clarion call that men need to repent and turn to Jesus. They need to confess the Lordship of Christ. We do not need to send mixed signals to a lost world. There needs to be a clear-cut gospel. We believe that Jesus is the only Son of God and that it is by that name and belief in that name alone that we get to heaven. Hallelujah. Everybody say Jesus is, Lord. Jesus is Lord. Down through the years, God has called Evangel Temple to arise and build. There's been all kinds of building programs, all kinds of, of purchase of vehicles and equipment. A little over three years ago, uh, or four years ago, God called us to get out of debt, and a miracle happened to get out of debt. And then God called us to, to buy television equipment. And, and who would have ever believed three years ago when we started, and it was a large sum of money that to buy all of this equipment, but who would have believed at that point in time God was going to put us on live streaming and that thousands and thousands of people every week from around the world would be blessed because of life. You, we didn't know that at that time. We just knew we were acting in faith and doing the will of God, and God gave us because we stepped into the water and the waters rolled back. This week my dad was out at Mayo and a nurse came up to him and said, you're you're pastor at Evangel Temple, yes. And she said, I love your sign. I I see that sign every day as I drive to and from work. A lady was here Wednesday night for her first time and she came up before the service. She said, I want you to know, I, I live in McClendon. I drive to the beaches every day for work. I drive by it in the morning, drive by it in the evening. And she said, that sign has captivated me here. I'm here tonight because I, I want to know what's going on. I, I to, who would have ever believed, but God had us take a step of faith. And every tool of evangelism, everything that God has us do is important for the reaching of a lost world. We're about souls, we're about seeing people saved, we're about ministry. I want to show you a two minute video clip of just some of the ministry that goes on each week that maybe some of you are unfamiliar with, but we're doing a lot of ministry here at home and abroad.
2: My name is Dean Hollingsworth and I'm just thankful for for my church, the ministries of this church, and the outreach ministries of this church. I was personally touched and changed at this church some 20 years ago. I was saved at Evangel Temple in 1994, and ever since then I've been part of the outreach ministries that are supported by Evangel Temple. I've personally seen thousands of lives that were touched and changed by, by the ministries that were supported throughout this church. In the mid-90s, I first got started with outreach, with doing the prison ministry with some of my brothers. And we went across the whole state doing prison ministries at uh, maximum security prisons. And from there, we actually transitioned into the the juvenile detention facilities here in town. And and I was just fortunate to be one of the volunteers that was able to go in those doors to to touch lives of some young men. Throughout the the last 17 years, Evangel Temple's been in the juvenile detention facilities, touching lives, one life at a time. One of the most exciting times of the outreach season is the Christmas season. This past year was one of the uh, most remarkable outreaches that uh, I've seen since I've been involved at Evangel Temple. Um, We did major Christmas outreaches at all these facilities at the Panama house, we actually brought the boys in, and our Sunday school class actually um, bought the Christmas for some 18 boys, and we brought them here to the church and had a Christmas dinner and had Christmas with them. And I'm just so thankful that Evangel Temple has the vision of touching these lives.
1: We do so many different kinds of ministry and so many different kinds of outreaches. It's all about seeing souls come into the kingdom. But God has called us to arise and build, and it's time to build. And I do believe God is behind the vision and God is behind building programs. And on May 4th, in just five weeks from today, we're going to give this entire congregation an opportunity to commit at some level after you've prayed for the next 30 days. We want you to pray. We want you to seek God about your level of involvement for 24 months. One brother came to me after the morning's early service. He said, can I make this a one-time just offering? And I said, you do whatever God enables you to do. And he said, I, we know something that's about to happen financially for our family, and we want to, we'll do a one-time. Well, we want you to participate and be a part and help be a part of the miracle. Amen. Amen? But on May 4th, without any pressure, we've never had, you know this church, and you know your pastoral leadership. We've never been about pressure. We do believe in presenting the need, giving the opportunity, and people have trusted in the vision and trusted in what God has done over the years. And it's time to arise and build. I'm asking you to do two things on May 4th. Number one is make some kind of commitment to the Arise vision. And number two is to bring a first fruits offering on that day as a part of whatever you pledge. Whatever you pledge, bring a part of that as a first fruits offering. We need some finances to get started. We are ready to start, we need to start immediately. We do not have any funds designated to start these building projects, and so we need a first fruits offering. At every harvest end in the Jewish calendar, there would always be a first fruits offering, a time of bringing the first fruits. I want everyone to stand and I want our worship team to come back and I want my wife to join me here. And I want to talk to you just before we pray. Over the last three, three and a half weeks, I've met with 364 adults of this church. Everyone was invited, and about 364 came to what we call pie meetings. And that was just the time for the pastor and his wife to sit down and just share the vision and answer questions. And it's been wonderful times, and we had a response of 364 of the adults of this congregation to just share. And, and uh, you know, the church voted on this vision in the annual business meeting. It was a 100% vote. But we want everyone to be a part. We want everyone to have the vision because this is a generational church. It's a church that has strong ministry to babies and children, to young people, to young couples, to adults, to our seniors. That same bus had a load full of seniors on Thursday. And took them to a great out on Thursday, our seniors. Came back Friday morning, went out of here with a busload of 58 boys. uh, Taking them to the state camp out for a weekend of ministry. Aren't you thankful we've got vehicles and we've got buildings and properties? It's time. (laughs) Church, it's time. And my wife and I are going to take a step of faith. And, um, you know, I've always had an illustration in my life of a giving father. Pastor has always been a giving pastor, and I think everybody that knows him knows that. And uh, I've tried to emulate that to my children, to be a giver. God loves a cheerful giver, and he rewards cheerful giving. And I just want to challenge your faith, because my wife and I are going to do something we cannot afford to do. We're going to sacrifice, but we're not doing it just as a sacrifice. We're doing it as a step of faith, because I want to see heaven open. Brother Kilpatrick, when he was here in January, gave me a prophecy concerning this church. And he said, Pastor Gary, I've been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches across America, and I've I've never seen this one time in another church. But he said, I'm giving you a prophecy for Evangel Temple. I have not related that to even my wife, no one knows that prophecy. He called me, he's called me a couple of times about that prophecy, but I never felt led to reveal that prophecy. And he called me this Tuesday for several reasons. He said, first, you need to honor the Passover this year. It's the Lord's feast. Take your congregation through a, a time of real spiritual connect with what Christ did. Secondly, he said, have you revealed the prophecy? I said, no. I said, I've just not felt led. He said, thirdly, don't forget you're in the day, 100 days of God's hand upon this church. And today is day 37 of 100 days. But I thought about that, and I thought about it yesterday morning while I was up early and I was studying. And part of that prophecy was that God was getting ready, and there was going to be a season released. And this is, he gave me this in January. There was going to be a season where God releases over the families of this church period of his divine favor of financial blessings because when he calls you to do something he's got to finance it that's what happened here god's got to cause it he's got to cause families to be blessed i try never to pray first that the church is blessed I always try to pray first as i'm praying daily for our congregation and our deacons and families i always try to pray first for the families because i want you blessed and i know as the families are blessed then the house of God gets blessed because we're an obedient people. And so I want you to lift your hands right now because I want to claim that prophecy. And I still don't feel released to, to read it other than to just tell you that he literally saw the walls, the two side walls of this sanctuary become windows. And God was going to cause those windows to open over this congregation and that gold and silver was going to come to this congregation in abundance to fund the vision that god's given for this end time harvest and he said it will be divine provision and supernatural miracles of finance for this congregation he said pastor i've, I've been in hundreds of churches he said i'm telling you i've never seen this in any other church and i've never told this to any other church but he said this is for Evangel Temple. He called me Tuesday, he wanted to know if I'd given it yet. And I said, well, I better share part of this this week. Because I believe God's getting ready to do something over this church family. But you know what, it takes obedience and it takes steps of faith. With God, all things are possible. And my wife and I are gonna lead the way. And we're gonna take a step of faith with our finances. We're gonna make a pledge and a commitment, a faith promise that is way beyond ourselves. It's going to take God to show up. Amen. I'm not asking for a raise. Amen. I know God is my source. Amen. And God is enabled. Amen. And God's going to prosper the way of this congregation. We're going to accomplish this vision. It's about the end time harvest. And I'm telling you, there is something prophetic about this vision and how we're going to do something so significant very few churches in America have ever done to bless the nation of Israel. And all that we're doing for these, you've got it. I want everyone not to just have the Israel part of this vision, you've got to have the whole vision. I'm telling you, the closets that we build are important. The buses that we buy are important. You get connected with the whole vision and God will reward. I want you to lift your hands, I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we forge ahead and as we move ahead, you've called us to arise and to shine. You said when we get up and we begin to do what we can do, you said you would add the glory. That the glory would come. And when the glory and the manifest presence of God comes, supernatural miracles begin to unfold. And things begin to happen that only God, you could cause and you could accomplish. Thank you that you moved the heart of a heathen king by prophecies 100 and 200 years old and that, God, you're going to use Evangel Temple, Lord, as we prophesy to this city and to this nation and the nations of the world. Oh, God, you're going to use this church in revival, oh, Lord, to see many come into the kingdom of God in these last days. Lord, we know that we're living close. The signals, the signs in the heavens are reminding us. The earthquakes in Oklahoma in the last few hours, in California, in Chile, on and on. The weather conditions, all that we're seeing around us remind us to shape up and get in line with what you're doing, oh God, and get ready for the soon return of Christ. And Lord, I pray for any person that's lost this morning, any person that's wayward, that God this will be a service that they come to Christ they come to Jesus and repent of their sins with every head bowed and every eye closed if you do not know Jesus this morning if you're away from the Lord if you're a prodigal and you know you need prayer I want you to slip up your hand all over this sanctuary if you know you're not worried God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you if there are spiritual needs in your life I want you to raise your hand for prayer right now come on raise your hand for spiritual needs All across this sanctuary, there's some sons running from God right now. I'm telling you, God's got your number, and God's calling you home, and God knows how to get your attention. God knows how to get your attention. Sir, you've been running from the Lord, and God is going to corner you. He's calling you. He's giving you an hour and a moment of grace, but you've got to repent of your sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I want every person with a spiritual need, I want you to come to the front right now. Come on, move from where you're standing. Up in the balcony, there were a number of hands. I want you to move every person with a spiritual need. I want our altar workers to come right now. Please come altar workers. Come on, every person that you're a prodigal, you're wayward, you've been running from God or you've got a spiritual need. Maybe you're facing a spiritual battle in your life. Come on, come right now, come, come. You're facing a spiritual attack. Come on, come. Come on, let's give a hand to all these that are coming in obedience. There is still a young person. And God has your number this morning. And he's calling you. God has you between a rock and a hard place. And he is calling you to open up your heart and open up your life you can't save yourself you can't even get yourself out of your own predicaments that you're in but God's calling you to turn your life over to him and let him turn it around in your life right now I feel checked in my spirit you need to obey God right now you need to come to this altar right now come on come to this altar young person come to this altar right now you've got yourself in a mess and you don't know where to turn come 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 Come. In the name of Jesus, come. God bless you. Are you that young person? Some ladies, come on, you ladies, come on. Come pray. Give her a hand. Being honest. Amen. this congregation stretch the hands towards it there's still there's some moms and dads that need to come to this altar you've been worrying about lost children but you've got a seed of rebellion in your heart you need to get that rebellion out of your heart before your kids will ever come home you need to repent some of you need a healing you need to get some rebellion out of your heart before god's ever going to heal you you need to come you need to repent stretch your hands towards these father in the name of jesus God, we pray right now over every person standing here, those that need a breakthrough spiritually, Lord, those that need deliverance, oh God, those that are struggling with the attack of the enemy. Oh God, I pray that, Lord, you would move in a mighty way. You're stirring the church, you're stirring our hearts as you stirred Cyrus, a heathen king. You're stirring Christians and you're stirring unbelievers. These are the last days. We're living in the last days. And Lord, as we fast this week and as we pray, we covet the prodigals to come running, repenting of their sins, confessing the Lordship of Jesus. And I pray over all these, Lord, the spiritual needs that are represented, O oh God, draw people out of the, the quicksand. Draw them out of lives of degradation and sin. Separate them, O oh God, from the sinful depravity, Lord, that's leading them to eternal death and destruction. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we thank you that you're a forgiving God, a, a holy God, a merciful God. Come on, I want everybody in the house to thank him for his mercy right now because he saved you, amen. He saved me, amen. He's forgiven us. Come on, thank him. Thank him right now. Come on, thank him. Hallelujah. Merciful. Merciful, merciful, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lead us in that song, Jennifer. Come on, just worship the Lord.
3: give myself away so
1: up and sing it. I just want to tell you, here are three testimonies. I'm not going to give their testimony, but I can say in all three lives that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. If you only knew what God has done in these lives, I'm telling you, nothing. Linda nothing is impossible what you shared with me before the service nothing is impossible i'm not telling you you'll hear it in due time but i'm telling you with god all things are possible you got a lost loved one you got a lost son you got a lost daughter i want everybody to lift your hands
3: Oh worship the Lord
1: again My my life is not my own everyone slip your hands up that means surrender that's surrender that's surrender So person that has unsaved loved ones i want you to just begin to call their name in prayer right now just call their name in prayer sons daughters uncles aunts come on just call their name in prayer speak over them the words of life and faith miracles of salvation they're coming home this is the month prodigals are coming home prodigals are coming home prodigals are coming home (sighs) hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. We speak over the prodigals. Come home. The arms of Heavenly Father outstretched and wide open. Come, 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 come. Hallelujah. 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 For Rede Cassi Tatarade Pohotot. Oh, the Pohotom of the Somoda. What already Cassi Catareti Hototot